The Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 157. What is the best methods to enhance the African sports business industry? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, each week I like to provide you a special guest who is an expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sports business and also sports development. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Gabriel Aljala. Gabriel is the founder of Africa Sports Unified, where he has a strong desire to enhance the sports business sector in Africa relating to its sports and economy. And for that reason, it's great to have Gabriel as a special guest on the show. That's when today's episode, Gabriel will share his sports career journey and explain to you the best methods to enhance the African sports business industry. Gabriel, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Please can you explain to listeners your sports career journey? When did it all start? Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I can go far back as, I believe I was in secondary school. I think this was maybe around year nine or year 10 when I first had exposure. I played for England schoolboys. So we went on trips to, to Hungary. We stayed at Lillishawn, which then was the at England HQ, where all of the once we had the international game, all the players would stay there. So I think that stuck with me for a while. Playing football, always good in, in sport and school. But in growing up, I thought, okay, how can I try and develop my skills and get into that space? So I decided to try and combine my legal skills with sports, because my background was in law. And then I realised that I want to move into more of a commercial side, world of sports. So I embarked upon a master's at Birkbeck, University in central London, which was uh, really, really good. I often tell people that beforehand, me and education didn't really see eye to eye. <laughs> but then when I studied um, my master's at Birkbeck, it was really great. The course was called um, Sports Management and the Business of Football. And so that was great. And then this was in 2013, I started and finished in 2015. And so it was great. It gave me a good foundation about the sports industry. Uh, a broader understanding, too, about the sport industry, the ins and outs of it, um, networking with people, having people who actually work in the industry come to give you lectures. So, yeah, it was it was great. Really, really, really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, I think that's what inspired me, playing football for when I was young. And just that was my passion, sports, every time, even till now. If I'm on a website browsing, I'm usually on Sky Sports or some sort of sports website reading up on the latest news so so yeah that's what inspired me i find this really interesting i want to go back in time with regards to that defining moment when you went right i want to work in the sports industry can you remember that it may relate to why you did your masters but just to fill in the gaps for people to take that step then the performance route can you remember that defining moment yeah um so it was coming it was a university 
it was my third year, going into my final year at university, as I said, I was studying law, and then I actually had to think, okay, what I want to do afterwards. Going to my family, you have to decide if I want to go the economic route, if I want to go down the legal route. If I want to go down the legal route, then I have to choose certain subjects. So that meant that I didn't have to do a conversion course, which we have to do here um, in, in the UK to become a lawyer and become qualified. And so I thought, well, I, I like sports. Let me see if I combine sports and law. So I looked online, saw sports law was a thing. It was really, really at its embryonic stage at this point. There were a few pieces here and there, but it wasn't like a, as it is now, to be fair. And so, I actually did skip a bit, you're right. And so I, I actually applied for a master's and got a uh, scholarship to do a master's in sports law at an institution in Spain called, I'm just going to say the abbreviations, I-S-D-E is there, but it's uh, the Spanish words I've forgotten. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got a master's to do that. Got a scholarship, but I deferred it for a year because I thought, let me work, save up, know more about the industry. But in that year, I was speaking to loads of people within the industry, getting some advice from them about sports law and law in general. And I was advised by someone, actually, who said, go to um, an open day at Birkbeck. They do sessions for free where you can come down and hear people speak. And I absolutely loved it. It was amazing. I was not just sports law, but a broader concept of... Um, of, of sports market in general. So I think, yeah, that, that um, yeah, you're right. That process there really got me thinking what I want to do. I didn't just want to work for the sake of working. I mean, law is great. It's given me a really, really good foundation. I've had some great opportunities doing it, but I know sports is, was really my passion. So I thought, okay, let me, if I want to work, let me do what I enjoy and try and, you know, work in sports. So yeah, that was it. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I want to now fill in the gaps in more how we got connected. We had a great conversation beginning of this year when you spoke about your master's. Now, could you go in a lot more detail with regards to your master's project, which is now leading to you with regards to work you're doing now, if that's correct? Um, sure. So my master's was great, as I mentioned. So I've done it over two years, done it part-time whilst working. It was fantastic. Really, really good. But coming to the point where I... Actually, let me go back a bit. So one of my modules, I think it was in sports marketing. I focused on the Nigerian Professional Football League. Why? Well, firstly, I am Nigerian. <clears throat> Although born in London, my, my parents, my family are from there. Um, obviously, Africa produced lots, produced lots of great players. So I thought, why not? Let me just give it a go, you know? Tap into something that hasn't been, that really people don't know much about. So that was good. That was great. And then when it came to my writing my dissertation, I was had to pick my topic. And because the, the fundamentals or the beginning stages I had already done in the coursework that I'd done for the marketing module, I thought let me continue it. Because there was a big opportunity, a big gap. You know, Africa has contributed so much in sports regarding grassroots, talent, in any sport discipline you can think of. Um, and I thought, okay, for a country that has such a huge diaspora, especially in Europe and the UK, but let me tap into it, see if there's opportunity there, see if there's information. And lastly, uh, I won't lie, uh, I thought it would be kind of cheeky. I thought if I chose to write on something that people over here wouldn't know much about, I thought maybe if there was slight confusion over some things, my, uh, my lecturer would give me the benefit of the doubt because maybe he didn't know too much about it. 
So that was me trying to be cheeky. But um, but yeah, that's that's how I stumbled or came across the idea to do further research into that market. And then during that, do you want me to elaborate on the ideas that I had or should I? Carry on. Honestly, if they, I don't think you're being cheeky. I think you're being very smart because honestly, if everybody does the same topic, let's yeah. say in the UK, you can't differentiate yourself in the market when you leave. So if you don't mind with regards to this project, I'd love to hear some of the ideas for students to get some inspiration relating to your experience. Fantastic. So, so yeah, I wanted to stand out from the crowd a bit and look at opportunities that maybe people weren't covering before. Because you mentioned this is for students, but as people always say, like, how are you going to stand out from the crowd? So I thought to maybe, yeah, look at someone that people aren't looking at and forge a path of that on my, for my own. And so from doing my research, I stumbled across, obviously, the African sports market. And then further doing my research, I was so shocked. I was like, okay, the things that I mentioned, you know, a huge continent contributes so much in sport, but you could not find anything about, like, the sports business principles of the African market. Of course, you would get local journalists writing about, you know, your DJ Drugbridge or Carlo Torres, your Yoyo Torres, what they're doing in the EPL, English Premier League, you know, fixture updates from the EPL, but nothing about local sports and, you know, growing up from the grassroots. I was really, really shocked. Firstly, I was just surprised. And secondly, I was thinking, wow, have I really shot, my, shot myself in the foot here because there's no information I can use for my, uh, for my dissertation. And then I got speaking to a few people in the industry who knew about the African market. And I was like, guys, where do you, you go to read up on information about the African sports market? And they said to me, there is none. So I was like, wow. And so I thought to myself at that moment, instead of complaining about the problem, I thought, I see a gap here. Let me try and fix it. Because, um, yeah, another thing, like, to students, you have to be proactive. I think it's just me in general. Like, if you, if you see an issue, then... Do your best to try and fix it, you know? Instead of just being there complaining, this, that, this, that. So I tried to do what I could do to fix it or to help the market, I should say, because lots of people saw it as a problem, but I guess people focused on what they were doing in the markets or maybe media or sponsorship, which is heavily sales-focused and building their brand, which is fair enough. The initial idea was to have a magazine uh, every month or every quarter to, you know, about sports, business, and African market, send that out to people, etc. Then I thought, doing more research into it, I thought, hmm, I think everything's moving digital. And then spending time thinking, talking to people, et cetera, et cetera, I thought that creating a network of people would be better based on some places that I've worked before and seeing good practices and what's working and just the idea that I had in my mind because it's all about connecting people, bringing transparency, um, people sharing ideas. So I thought to create more of a network of people. So yes, we produce content, uh, podcasts, as, as you're doing, um, data insights, and we do events. But the whole focus of it is people involved in sports, but we focus on the African market. It's about combining you know, the African market with the rest of the world, letting people, allowing people to have a better understanding of what the actual African market is, connect to people in the African market because, again, in my research and speaking to people, the content is so big. Lots of people and organizations want to get into the content, but A, maybe they just don't know how to, where to navigate, who to trust. But creating what we're doing, it gives people an opportunity to meet people face-to-face to, to build that relationship and that trust. So 
yeah, that's how it all transpired. Gabriel, before we talk about today's podcast topic, out of interest with regards to your studying of law, doing a master's, looking at the sports industry as a bigger picture, have you seen the sports industry develop from your experience, let's say, from the last five years? It's become a lot more um, professional and people understanding the power of sports more. The sports are so diverse. We've seen like esports. We've seen the, the evolution of, of, of all these media companies and how sports are using it, athletes are using it, how brands want to engage with a younger audience. And obviously sports, there was connecting to young audiences like esports and these FIFA tournaments and things like that. So it's a lot more respected. Um, I also think, hmm, I may shoot myself in the foot here, but I also think as well that sometimes, in the sense that the sports industry is regressing, I think sometimes in sports, per se, maybe people can be a bit more progressive in terms of like the ideas and the concepts and the creativity. Because it's sport, like there's so much demand. People can come to you. You've got the rights, you've got the idea, you can keep doing it and doing it again and again. Whereas I've worked in agencies outside of sport and they seem to be more creative in terms of what they need to do. But yeah, it's come up a long way. There's still a long way to go. It's still still a very niche market and a niche space. It is still a space where you need to... Networking is key in any space, but I can only talk about sports, that's what I know, but it's extremely important. Uh, it's important that you just carry yourself well, you know, because it's a small space, small network, so you should build good rapport with people. Um, I think I think some of the things will just never change, as, as the things I just mentioned. But it's come a long way, but there's always room to grow because sports is always changing, ever-growing. There's always a new concept or new partnership or new agencies forming, left, right, and center, that people, if you try and go on the website and look for it, you just won't know. There's so many organizations and things happen from new deals that occur so yeah to proper understanding you need to be in it but it's good now just relating to your niche and today's podcast topic and you've given a little bit of insight already but in your opinion what are the best methods to really enhance the african sports business industry i think first and foremost i mentioned it before but i think for sure transparency why do i say transparency because a lot of people and organizations want to understand the market more, but they don't. Sometimes it, 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 it's, uh, it's clouded in like, yeah, people just don't know about the information, maybe a lack of trust at the same time. So transparency and definitely trust, that will definitely help to grow the African sports market. Secondly, I also think education. Education is really important. In, in, in life in general, not just with the African market, but in life, but being particular to what I'm about, about the African market education. Education because you need people who actually understand the power of sports and what it can do at a commercial level, at an educational level, at a grassroots level. So as you have people who actually understand what sports is about and the power of it, then we can start to develop a sustainable uh, that sports ecosystem. When I mean sports ecosystem, I mean all the players involved. So, your know, the sports like football, rugby, athletics, cricket, the sponsor and the media, all all working together to build something that's greater than themselves. So, definitely education to understand the importance of each aspect of sport, but actually how to how to make the most of what you have, 
how to grow a brand, how to commercialize, how to use your, your rights, your media rights, just education. I can go for ages about that. So yeah, so trust, transparency, um, education. I mean, there's always talk about, you know, uh, corruption and this, that. It happens in every continent, not just in Africa. But I think with trust and transparency, then a lot of maybe people's stereotypes and affiliations that they may have will be, will be reduced because they actually have a better understanding of, of what it's about. And I'm sure, I don't think you can ever eradicate it in any sphere of life, but once you build those trust with people, build those relations with people that you can trust, then it pays way to more collaboration and whatnot. When you're transparent, you can open your doors to the rest of the world, to more opportunities, you know? Collaboration, especially in sports, people want to commercialize and whatnot, which is great, and this could be an opportunity for it. But it doesn't to build... Need to build a solid, a solid brand, a solid platform uh, for people to trust and go about. How do you build a solid like platform? Through education. It's not, the, it's not the build or end all, but definitely education will help. Yeah. Just on that note, and you mentioned it briefly earlier, but the reason what inspired you to start up Africa Sport Unified, and could you explain the listeners in a lot more detail now? I won't say at the outset that's what um, made me start. Uh, Africa Sports Unified, um, abbreviate to ASU, because it's a long word to say. Um, I think what really started, what made me start it was A, my, as I mentioned, my, my masters. Secondly, my experiences. So I work for organizations that run sport events, allowing people to network. I think, oh, this is really good. But secondly, as well, I just want to, one thing that really inspired me was to portray a better representation of the African sports market. Now, people have their own views, which is, which is great, which sometimes isn't great. Um, people have their own opinions, but I just want to portray a better, a better, almost even better, a more representative um, side of things for that for the sports market. I also, what really, from doing research too, what also really like, pushed me to do it was the, um, I don't know, I think it's a mentality thing. Or, or to me, what seemed that, you know, there was no long-term thinking for the African sports market. Um, like, as I mentioned, a lot of players, which is, I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing, but players, which is understandable, in Africa, they want to come to Europe because the European leagues are so developed, but they just come in the African leagues are still not developed or they just, they just lag behind their European counterparts and South American counterparts. And I thought... If there's a way to like maybe think long term and um, use what certain leagues and organisations Africa have, if we can focus on that and grow that and do that well, then it can be more of a uh, like they can have a, they can play a, a bigger part in the global sporting ecosystem, you know. So I think those things really, really drove like really give me drive to help build or to help do what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, I think when you just speak to people, you see the need and you, and you see what they want to do, but there's a lack of it. It just, it just drives you a bit more to create a space where people can meet face-to-face, provide data, insights to educate the market on certain things um, about the African sports market. Yeah, and just, and just you know, give, give, give a voice to maybe an industry that, hasn't, that may have been looked at in a different light. So yeah. Just on that note, I assume, was this the reason what inspired you to start a podcast show and also start your own events? Yes. 
You're correct. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I thought the best way to just try and be consistent and let people know not just what ASU is about, but what what's going on in the continent is do a podcast. So obviously produce content. We've got a website, so we started off doing written 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 content, which we still do, which is good. But obviously we want to do podcasts too, which is a bit easier because you know, as you know yourself, working with people in sports, it's easier to sit down and talk to them than ask them to write a piece, you know. Um, so yeah, doing podcasts to a give people who actually have understanding of that market, give them a platform to talk. And it's not just saying it's people from Africa alone, but we're trying, as I mentioned, it's part of the global market. So we get people from from organisations over here in Europe, from La Liga, uh, NBA, um, charities that work here, but who have a knowledge of the African sports market, so they can give a represent, better representation uh, of what's going on. And the event is exactly that too. I think that was just a natural progression to do an event for people to come and share ideas, talk about things. It was, it was, it went, it went, oh, it went, it was very good. <laughs> it went far better than what I never thought it would be. Uh, great engagement, great questions. We actually had to, the venue actually had to kick people out because people didn't want to leave. It was really that good, the networking at the end. So it just gives you encouragement, you know, that what you're doing is right. What's all about, it's not easy. It's really not easy. And just to say to maybe students, people listening, I still work normally and I run ASU at the same time. So it's not, I'm not at a stage yet where I can fully do ASU. Hopefully we'll get there. Well, I'm sure we'll get there. But of course it takes a lot of time, effort, dedication, networking, meeting people, finding out what kind of topics they want to hear about for an event, meeting people to schedule a podcast and then maybe they can cancel last minute. So there's many things like I, mean, I try to juggle at once, but Going back to your point, yes, events was a natural progression and it was really good. So that's another thing that we want to continue doing um, for the future. So, yeah. Out of interest, what have you been up to recently? Well, recently I just got from holiday not too long ago. Um, but um, so, yeah, doing more podcasts, preparing for our next event, actually. We're having meetings about that and always just networking, meeting people. So we so for example, with the podcast, We've done a lot of people. We've done a lot of podcasts with people in football predominantly. We're trying to branch out with a few ones from um, in cycling, which is a big sport growing. Um, events. We're just planning the next one. To just do it better and get more people involved. Um, and I think an important thing that I learned, especially after the first event, was to and speaking to people as well who I trust, and just to grow a team, a team of people who you can trust and you can sh- delegate and share stuff with. I think that's just very important, not just in people who want to do their own thing, but even students coming through who want to work at an organization, just need to build trust with your colleagues or, or networking with people. And how to build trust? You can just be a person of your word, you know? And if you say you're going to deliver on a piece of work, then you deliver on a piece of work. Not just that as well, but it's about how you carry yourself, you know, your character. You don't want to work with people who say one thing but don't do the other. And I don't know, they're moving a bit dodgy. <laughs> but yeah. I guess, you, I guess that person themselves would be the best judge of a character, but trying to build a team, as I mentioned, getting people who I can trust involved, because, I mean, we all have ideas, but if you're trying to do everything by yourself, you only, you only go, you won't go that far. Once you get people involved, then you can go further. So that's what I'm trying to do now, and just continue to build and grow. So yeah. 
That is awesome. I hope the listeners really take that on board. And Gabriel, just reflecting right now, I know we're both young in the industry, but what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career journey so far? Looking back when you decided, right, I'm going to do this master's degree. But from an industry standpoint, what have you enjoyed the most? Master. I don't think I can give you one thing, you know. Um, I've I've enjoyed networking. Although at first... Especially, this is good for students. At first, I was nervous. I would like go into a room and people, anyone, anyone you could pick up in sport was there. I was, I was doing some work with a company called Soccer X, going to their events in Manchester, and everyone was there. Your Michael Johnsons, your Rio Ferdinands, anyone you can think of, people from FIFA, um, anyone, anyone was there, and I was just nervous. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I just couldn't talk to anyone. I think over time I just built confidence. Um, so yeah, not waffling. Networking, I've really enjoyed. Um, I've also have through my through my commercial roles, I've enjoyed being creative. So having like a brief to work on, and collaborating and thinking of ideas of how to best build a brief or producing something for a client as best as possible. Even with ASU, it's fantastic. I can be creative because it's fresh, it's new, it's fun. Um, so I think networking, the, the opportunity to be creative and collaborative, um, yeah, I think those are the things that I've enjoyed. And also, of course, the perks of it too. It's been, it's been great. You get to talk to great people, go to wonderful events, and literally just working on something that I actually enjoy and have a passion for. I don't think there's, for me personally, it's the only way that I can enjoy and live life, you know, doing something that you enjoy. And I know for a lot of people, and even for myself, it was difficult at first. I was working in law, but knowing that my passion was sports. So it's still a bit, you have to just be, have patience and I say have a, have a plan or vision for where you want to go. And no matter how far ahead that may seem, just keep that vision in front of you. And it'll just give you hope to keep working towards it, you know. So, yeah. Gabriel, I can definitely hear the enthusiasm and also for your own self-development as well. And you've given some great career guidance tips already. But as you know, I always like to finish with an inspirational question. What three tips would you give to university graduates who want to start a career in the sports industry? Mm. All right. Fantastic. Three tips. OK. All right. Yeah. All right. So firstly, there's no need to rush. I'll say that because... I think, especially when I finished my master's, I just wanted to start my own agency straight away, et cetera, et cetera. But there is no rush. I think maybe even in saying that in hindsight, I probably would have worked at a rights holder or an agency in sport and learn on the trade and um, learn as much as I can. So, yeah, don't rush. Have a plan, but just don't rush it, okay? Secondly, I will say be... I say be brave. And the first time I'm saying don't rush, but second time I say be brave. So get involved with opportunities. Get involved with opportunities. Don't be afraid to reach out to people, no matter their seniority. And if they're saying no, it's just a no. It's nothing personal. If they don't get back to you, it's nothing personal. They're just busy. So be brave. Reach out to people. Know what you want. Um, be brave. Sorry, this is all on the be brave. So reach out to people. Know what you want. And then lastly... Be prepared 
if you have to work for a period, we're not getting paid. That's it. That is spot on. And honestly, I hope the listeners really, really take that on board because honestly, that is absolutely spot on. Gabriel, how can people interact with you online? Fantastic. So I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit. My name Gabriel Ajalas, but my surname is spelled A-J-A-L-A. Um, on Instagram, my personal page is Gabriel Ajala. We also have a page for ASU on Instagram, which is ASUnified, so A-S-U-N-I-F-I-E-D. And that's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and also on YouTube. Uh, and email is gabriel at asunified.com. That is great to all the listeners listening in. All those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Gabriel, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ed. It's been wonderful. Thanks. What a fantastic podcast chat with Gabriel. There's so much I enjoyed from this podcast chat. Firstly, it's so refreshing to provide an example on this podcast show of how somebody like Gabriel has applied his studies, applied his passion into an idea into the sports industry by adding value. Like this is just a prime example. So if you're a graduate who is just listening to this, if you're a student just starting your sports degree program, doesn't matter if you're doing sports law or sports business, the learning lesson that I want to try and teach you now is that he's applying his studies into practice. It was his master's that made him different with regards to where he's going to make an impact in the sports industry. It's his master's that made him stand out. Like Gabriel knows that he's got a big challenge ahead of him with regards to what he's trying to achieve to improve the African market from a sports business perspective. But that's part of the challenge. And that's how he's looking this sort of viewpoint of his next step with regards to his career development. But it's all about one thing. And this word was mentioned quite a lot during this podcast episode, trust. Trust is like the foundation of what the sports industry is about. It's a people industry. Like I've had the pleasure of speaking to other people in the sports industry who are trying to add value to the African market, Brian Wasella, for example, and it's challenging. The work that Gabriel's doing and what Brian's doing, it's a challenging market and it's all about having the right people on board. But from a employment standpoint of like that sort of bit of career guidance the end from Gabriel, he's absolutely right. You know, having the ability to be brave with your actions is part of the process. Having the ability to reach out to people and ask for guidance is part of the process. And finally, you know, if you really want to work in the sports industry, there will be a period where you may have to exchange your time for work experience and you may not get paid. So look, I hope you really enjoyed this podcast chat. For any students out there, this is like a must listen again with regards to the reality of what it takes to pursue in the sports industry. On that note, keep hustling what you're doing and let's make your sports career a reality. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Gabriel said, here are some three tips to start a career in the sports industry. Number one, don't rush. Number two, be brave and know what you want. And number three, be prepared if you have to do some work in the sports industry a period of time when you're not getting paid.